Chapter 17 Long after she had cried herself dry, Mariah stood to pack the knapsack she had used on the run these past few months. She wasn't going to take off yet, but it was obvious when this was over, Casey wouldn't want anything to do with her. Not that she could blame him. After all, she was just a woman he had sex with and who had lied to him. What man in his right mind would stick around? She would be on her own again, and her heart clenched at the thought. Taking a few things from the dresser, she spun around and was startled to see K.C. standing in the doorway, leaning against the jam with his arms crossed. He had showered after his run and was now in his cargo shorts and a gray T-shirt. His face was no longer hard, but his lean body was still tense. How she yearned to run her hands over every one of his muscles and soothe them. But that was no longer possible. He would surely shove her away. Going somewhere? She shook her head and stepped over to the bed, putting the clothes into her bag. Not yet. Casey didn't move from the doorway, but when she glanced at him, he raised his eyebrows in a silent question. Whether you help me or not, eventually I'll be leaving. I'll either be arrested or running for my life again. There was a moment of silence as they stared at each other. Casey bit his lip and dropped his gaze to his feet. Inhaling deeply through his nose, he then exhaled with a drawn-out release, as if weighing his words. There is another possible result you didn't mention. Maybe we'll solve this, and you'll be free. Maybe. She couldn't tell him she wasn't as optimistic as he seemed to be. Shrugging, she returned to her packing. You're still leaving, though? Yes. I think it's for the best if I do. K.C.'s eyes flared, but he remained silent. She grabbed a few items from the vanity and tossed them into the knapsack, unable to look at him. I'm sorry I didn't tell you the truth after we made... had sex. She couldn't use the word love. He didn't love her, and never would. Not after all this. I was scared you wouldn't believe me. I understand. Shocked, she froze, then turned slowly to face him. You do? Sure. I mean, what? We've only known each other for a week, right? I guess I would have done the same thing in your shoes. He shrugged his shoulders as if it was nothing. For the first time since he'd found the duffel bag full of money, he appeared to relax. Listen, I'll help you in any way I can, as long as you are up front with me about everything from now on. She nodded and twisted her hands together. He may be relaxed. However, she was far from it. I should never have gotten you involved in this. But when you offered to help me learn how to defend myself, it seemed like a good idea. It was a good idea. You can't handle this alone. But somehow, we'll figure a way out of it. Stepping into the room, he quietly shut the door behind him. Look. I'm sorry I yelled at you before. You were just protecting yourself, and I shouldn't be mad about that. With the door closed, the room seemed to be growing smaller as his large frame took up a lot of space. Suddenly nervous, she started to unpack and repack the bag with no rhyme or reason. No, no, I'm sorry. I never intended to get involved with you. But after we did get involved, I... 
I should have told you the truth. It's all my fault. Look at me, Mariah, Casey whispered. She had no idea how he'd moved five feet closer without her realizing it, but when she turned, there were mere inches between them. Her eyes met his, and her knees went weak at the desire she saw there. How about we agree that we were both wrong, and call a truce? She licked her lips and watched the heat in his gaze increase as it followed the movement. She nodded, her voice thick and husky as she responded, Truce. She obviously didn't love him, or else it wouldn't be so easy to walk away. Well, he wasn't about to beg her to stay. It would have to be her decision, but right now she had more to deal with than the fact that he had fallen in love with her. Information he decided he should keep to himself for a little while. For now, he just wanted to hold her. No, that wasn't enough. Before she could react, Casey grabbed her hips and pulled her to him, getting rid of the last few inches between them. One hand snaked around to her ass to hold her tight against his groin, and the other went to the back of her head. His mouth crushed down on hers, and although he knew he was far from being gentle, he didn't care, especially when she parted her lips, inviting him in. Their tongues danced around each other as her arms inched up to wrap around his neck. Shit, he had to be crazy, but all he could think of was how much he wanted to fuck her senseless, to sear himself into her memory so when this was all over, she would never leave him. Her body already belonged to him, but he wanted more than that. He wanted her mind, heart, and soul, and wouldn't settle for anything less. A soft knock at the door had them jumping apart. His chest heaving, it took Casey a moment to recover, and he had to clear his voice before he could speak. What is it? Dan didn't open the door. Instead, he just raised his voice. I don't know if anyone is hungry, but I made some grilled cheese and tomato soup for an early dinner. Brian should be back soon. He called when he left the station ten minutes ago. Thanks, Uncle Dan. We'll be right out. Turning back to Mariah, his gaze took in her hair he'd tussled, her swollen red lips, and the passion burning in her eyes. It was far better than the look of fear and regret which had been there earlier. Knowing there was no way they could continue with what they'd started with his uncle waiting for them, he leaned over and kissed her forehead before taking a step back. We should eat. You haven't had anything all day, and you need to keep up your strength. Although clearly unenthusiastic at the thought of eating, Mariah nodded, silently agreeing with him. Taking her hand, he led her out to the living room as Dan exited the kitchen, carrying a tray laden with mugs of soup and a plate piled high with halves of grilled cheese sandwiches, hot and gooey. He placed it on the coffee table, then handed her one of the steaming mugs after she sat on the sofa. The older man's sympathy was evident in his soft brown eyes. I figured comfort food was the best, since I didn't think you were in the mood for a fancy meal. She gave him a grateful smile. He was such a nice man, and she had a brief thought that she wished her father had been like him. Thank you, Dan, and thank you for believing in me, both of you. Casey grabbed an empty plate from under the sandwiches and added two halves to it, then sat on the couch beside her. No thanks necessary. Dan Malone just smiled and patted her hand. Come on, 
eat before it gets cold. What can I get you to drink? I think there's cola, milk, and water. Water's fine for me. Thank you. Mariah responded, then blew on the surface of the tangy red soup. Casey? I'll take a cola, thanks. He gestured for Mariah to take a sip from the mug. Eat up. Her smile grew as she gave him a small, sarcastic salute. Yes, sir. The little giggle that erupted from her mouth, along with her teasing, had him grinning and briefly forgetting the danger she was in. Ah, finally, some respect. As they finished eating, Brian strode through the back porch door. Casey had been pleased when Mariah had not only finished her soup, but had eaten a sandwich as well. While Brian closed the door behind him, all three stood with questioning eyes. Impatient, K.C. crossed his arms as he stared at his brother. Well, what did you find out? Brian sat in the recliner, and they followed his lead by sitting down again, K.C. and Mariah on the couch, and Dan on the love seat. First, I called Sean and brought him up to date. I asked him to use his contacts to make a few discreet inquiries. By the way, he's flying in. What? Casey was stunned. What do you mean he's flying in? Shrugging, Brian sat back and put one ankle on the opposite knee. Sent me a text saying he was boarding a flight. You'll have to ask him when he gets here. Not sure what time he'll be here, but it should be soon. Wait a minute, Mariah interrupted and then turned to Casey. What does Sean do? You never told me. He took her hand in his and squeezed his reassurance that he was on her side. Sean's with the FBI in Jacksonville, Florida, but he's got contacts all over the U.S. He might be able to find out something we can't. Mariah nodded, and then her gaze returned to Brian. Sean thinks he still has a contact in the DEA in Chicago and was going to try to reach him. That's the first thing. Next, I got a message to call out Detective Frank Parisi of Chicago PD on my work voicemail. I called the guy back, and he sounds like a real jackass. He treated me as if I was a sheriff in a small hick town, population 50. Casey and Dan both grunted because they knew the type. Apparently, he received the alert when I ran Mariah's ID, which I had expected. He raised his hand at her panicked expression, halting her from whatever she'd been about to say. Like I said earlier, I told him someone turned in your purse. Letting out a heavy breath, Mariah's tension eased slightly, and Brian plowed on. Anyway, I tried to obtain a few details from him, but he just danced around me. He said she wasn't a suspect, but they were curious about the reasons why she disappeared. As a matter of fact, he never mentioned the fact that Mariah might be a victim too, but seemed confident she'd run away. That in itself makes me suspicious. Dan leaned forward with his elbows on his knees. Maybe this detective is the dealer's connection. It's possible, but until Sean calls us back, we're still flying blind here. Well, speak of the devil. Casey, Mariah, and Brian followed the older man's line of vision to the back door. Sean Malone was standing outside, shifting his carry-on luggage and briefcase to one hand so he could turn the doorknob. Casey quickly stepped over and saved him the trouble. Sean crossed the threshold and set his baggage down before Casey grabbed him in a bear hug and slapped his back. Hey, bro, it's great to see you. 
But couldn't you have just called with the information? Returning the hug, his younger brother laughed. And let you guys have all the fun? No fucking way. Stepping away from KC, Sean proceeded to greet Brian and his uncle in the same loving manner. He then stopped in front of the woman standing next to his eldest brother and eyed her face with a professional yet gentle gaze. You must be Mariah. It's nice to meet you, although I wish it was under better circumstances. Casey knew from Mariah's tentative smile she was a little overwhelmed by meeting an FBI agent. However, she was polite with her response. I wish it was, too. But it is nice to meet you. Sean winked at her, then addressed KC with a frown. You've gotten yourself involved with some serious shit, brother. Shaking his head, KC sighed in frustration. Tell me something we don't already know. Again, they took seats around the coffee table with Sean joining his uncle on the love seat. He leaned back, crossed his outstretched legs at the ankles, and relaxed. Well, according to my Chicago DEA contact, John Sampson, this Leo Simmons character is involved with the local drug business and is supplied by one Adrian Hernandez. Simmons is a two-bit dealer, but apparently Hernandez is the biggest supplier of coke, pot, ecstasy, and whatever else floats your boat in Chicago. He has his hands in a few other venues, too, including prostitution. They've been trying to build a case against him for years and are finally close. Now, this doesn't leave this room. He waited specifically for Mariah to nod her assent. The Chicago Police Department may be looking for you in connection with your family's murders. However, the DEA knows differently. One of the people they've been keeping tabs on is Hernandez's right-hand man, a Dennis Kellerman. He was seen going into Mariah's building the day of the murders, along with Simmons and two other flunkies. The agents didn't think anything of it because they knew Simmons' girlfriend lived there. Susan, Mariah murmured, then cleared her throat and spoke louder. My sister. Sean nodded. I'm sorry. Anyway, when these assholes left about a half hour later, they were in a real hurry. Simmons' shirt appeared to be covered in blood, so one agent stayed behind while the other continued the tale. The first agent was about to check things out in the apartment when he saw you enter. He knew you were Susan's sister and waited about 15 minutes because he didn't want you to know they'd had her under occasional surveillance. He figured whatever happened inside, you would call 911. When he saw you come running back out, obviously upset, he went upstairs and found your family. They must have used silencers because the agents never heard gunshots. Looking somberly at Mariah, he continued, Agent Sampson was very sorry about your family, but the agency had no clue they were in any danger. If they did, they would have provided protection for you and your family. The DEA didn't even know why they were killed. I told Sampson about the money and gun, so it appears that mystery is solved for them. Mariah's bottom lip and chin quivered. Why? Why haven't they arrested Leo and the other men? Knowing the unfortunate answer, K.C. took her hand. They're low men on the totem pole, sweetheart. The DEA wants Hernandez. Sean nodded. That's right. Confused, she glanced back and forth between the two men. Then why doesn't the DEA tell the police what happened? 
Sampson's sure that Hernandez has several contacts in the Chicago PD. At the moment, they're not sure who they can trust. Her shock was evident on her face and tone of voice. So, no one will be arrested for killing my family? And I have to stay on the run to stay alive? The men knew the workings of law enforcement, but as a civilian, it was hard for the woman to comprehend things had to work a certain way to reel in the bigger fish. Sitting forward, Sean spoke in a soothing tone. I told Samson you were hidden somewhere safe, but I didn't say where you were located. He assured me the case was coming to a head soon, and in addition to the drug arrests, there will be charges in the homicides. Her shoulders sagged, and when she spoke again, it was so softly that the men had to strain to hear her. What happened to my family? Where were they taken? They're still at the county morgue. Unfortunately, if no one claims them soon, they will be buried by the city in a potter's field. Casey's heart and gut squeezed as Mariah sobbed. I'm their only living relative. My mother was an only child. Putting his arms around her, he hugged her tightly to his chest. When this is over, I'll see to it that they receive a proper burial. I, I can't ask you to do that. She mumbled into his shoulder as her tears soaked his T-shirt. You're not asking. I'm offering. No strings attached. Biting her lip, she lifted her gaze to his. Th thank you. Brian stood. So now what? We just wait? The other men reluctantly agreed. We wait. <laughs> 